Hey y'all, it's your girl Amber. We're reaching your potential. I am back. I know I have been gone for so long. I hope you guys have used this time to listen to the previous episodes. I have so, so, so many. I was really on a roll um, the beginning of the podcast, but I'm trying to get right back into it. Podcasting is my joy, it's my passion, it's something that I really do enjoy. So if you saw my post before on my Instagram, I mentioned that I'm not going to do an episode every single week because that is very, very time consuming. I have to be realistic, y'all. Your girl don't have time to be doing a podcast every single weekend (laughs) or I can do it in advance. But, you know, I think the most realistic thing that I can do is post bi-weekly. So every two weeks, you'll get an episode on Wednesday at noon and we're going to go from there. But I think that's the best route that I can do for myself, for my sanity. But the episodes are still going to be good. They're going to be great. Great to listen to on the car, in the gym, during your free time, maybe your lunch time at your job. Like, I don't know when you guys listen to this, to these episodes, but they're going to be really good. So I'm excited to be back, but I'm not going to prolong this. Let's get started. I didn't even give you guys the idea of what this episode is going to be about, which you will probably see in the um the topic. <laughs> so I'm about, let's say, three-ish months into my new job. I am one of the OTRs in a skilled nursing facilities, only two, it's like two to three OTRs. The third OTR, he just finished um passing his board so he's just waiting for his license so it's soon going to be three of us as otrs and we have about five codas we have i believe like two two to three pts and then about five ptas so it's a pretty big rehab team but not that many otrs so most of the evaluations the wheelchair management a lot of those stuff are landed at us and when there's not a weekend OT or an OT that's part diem, most of those evals that were admitted on weekends, when it's Monday, we get them and we have to, you know, do all of that work. And then, of course, when one of us is gone, all of that is lying on just one OTR. So there may be a time where let's say the other OTR is gone and I'm the only OT that could do evals and screens and all this other stuff, I could have like three screens and five evals in one day. And that, y'all, is a lot, which comes to the topic of just being burnt out. Now, some of y'all may think that like, it's too early to be burnt out. You haven't even made a year. What are you talking about? Y'all, burnt out is real, you know? Um, it was about maybe a month into the job where 
the other OTR didn't show up, <laughs> didn't come. And um, I was left with about five evals to do. And I was still kind of getting my feet wet, but there was no time to kind of do trial and error. Like I had to do that stuff. I had to go and do the medical chart. I had to go see that patient. I may had to call the relative of that patient to find out their prior level functioning. Then I had to do the documentation. I had to make sure they got a wheelchair. And if they got a cushion order, I had to do that. And then I had to clarify orders. And oh my goodness, it it was stressful to the point where I was like, do I really want to do this anymore? And I'm saying this within a month of getting this position. The rehab director told me that it was going to be a lot of work on my part, you know, with my role, but I wasn't expecting all of that. <laughs> it was just a lot, but um, you know, I feel like this is teaching me a lot of resiliency and a lot of um I don't even know how to put it. It's just teaching me a lot of, you know, not every setting is like this. I know my job is very like understaffed. <laughs> it's very understaffed. We definitely need like another OTR or two. <laughs> we do because that will make life a little bit easier on me and the other OTR who who like our responsibility is to do all these things and we're like a two man show or two woman show. And the cool part about this other OTR which you may have heard in a previous episode she is a black female so that's awesome you know black girl magic killing the game in this facility but it's also very tiring that's just the responsibilities of me as an OTR with evals there are times where we may have to do screens because of insurance and I may have to screen a patient to see if they are even appropriate for OT. And if I feel like they are, I will have to go to the nurse who's in charge of that unit to ask them for some notes to basically justify the need for OT, such as declining ADLs or declining upper extremity strength or something like that, refer to OT. So I would ask sometimes the nurse for those notes. And sometimes they'll be like, yeah, no problem, I got you. Or they're like, okay, I may not know what to say. Can you tell me or, you know, help me, you know, put the note incorrectly. And then there's some nurses that are just so mean. They're like, that's not my job. Or who's your supervisor? And I will look at them like, excuse me, can you let me do my job by doing your job? And it's, uh, I don't say that to them, but I look at them just like, why do, Why does my supervisor have to do anything with this? You know, I'm doing my job as the OT, trying to get this person therapy because I feel like they will benefit from it. And in order for them to benefit and even put them on for an OT program, the nurse is the one that has to refer them to OT, meaning justifying why they need therapy. The nurses are the ones that know that they're the, the nurses are the ones that know the patient way better than the therapist. 
because they're on the unit. They're on the floor. They see them every day. They're the ones that know if they are declining in ADLs, they are getting weaker, or they're just not functioning the way that they're supposed to, what, how they're usually supposed to function. So because of that, it is their responsibility to write notes to justify, hey, this person can benefit from OT or can benefit from PT because before they were dressing themselves independently or they were only requiring moderate assists. Now they're total dependent. They can't do anything. So in order to get them stronger, you put them on rehab. You write the note saying that, you know, ADLs are declining or ADL participation is declining. So from that, that is a lot. Um, But I think most of it, it would have to be just the understaffed part um, in my job where I feel like so many responsibilities on us. But, you know, I know it has to be done. I get there early so I can try to get out (laughs) at a reasonable time because I don't want to stay at my job all day. But, you know, I know either or the job still has to be done. But there was at a time, I believe it was like I was in a month and a half and I felt really, really burnt out. You know, I'm like, I'm supposed to be here for a while. I can't just, you know, jump ship right away. I have to stay at this job for some time. And I was really questioning if I should even stay because of the sense of feeling overwhelmed with my responsibility, with my role, you know, and the fear of if, you know, the other OT doesn't show up. Now I'm going to be the one to do all of these evals, to do all of this documentation by myself. And then because we have CODAs, you have to supervise them and make sure that they get the progress notes in or the HMOs. And there's so many things that I have to keep in mind with my role. And of course, yes, it's great to be an OT. You know, in OT school, you hear all the beauties and the the gimmicks and, oh my gosh, like OT is great. You're going to be a great OT, but nobody tells you about the burnt out that you can feel. So um, I know I just went on a whole tangent about... (laughs) feeling burnt out I'm not really at that place anymore um in terms of like feeling really really burnt out I kind of feel burnt out still but like not too much um but what I will tell you guys is what I'm doing to kind of decrease that burnt out okay so the first thing that I do is I work out so let me know that on the side of my passion for OT and geriatrics and things of that nature, I love working out. I have a fitness page on Instagram called Thick and Fit. If you guys don't follow it, I highly recommend you do. Um, But I've been an active child for as long as I can remember. I did karate at first for a good amount of years, and then I stopped doing that and did track, and the rest is history. Um, I've been doing track for over almost like 11 years so working out lifting is my thing it's my passion 
And if you think about it, working out releases endorphins, which makes you happier, which makes you feel good. So I definitely been doing that a lot lately, especially the past year when the pandemic started, when I was in the middle of studying for the board exam. I created my fitness page and I just used that as a place to hold myself accountable to work out, to post videos and, you know, hopefully encourage people and motivate people to do the same thing. You know, start your own fitness journey and make sure that you are your biggest competition, not other people. So from that, it has grown so much that I I can't even imagine not starting my fitness page. I'm so grateful for my fitness page because it has taught me a lot. So with that being said, working out is definitely one of my stress relievers um, for my job to decrease burnt out. And when the time I work out too, people probably think I'm crazy, but I work out at around like 4.30 in the morning. And I do that because I try to get to work around 7.30, 8 o'clock the latest. So with that being said, I, I'm a grandma. I go to sleep pretty early at latest around 10. But the earlier the better. I go to bed. I wake up around 4 o'clock. I get myself together. I'm at the gym by at least 4.30, 4.45. I do about an hour and a half workout. So I try to get out the gym by 6, get back home, take a shower, eat some breakfast, and I'm out the door by 6.30, 6.45. 7 is the latest I will leave the house. <laughs> and I will head to work. I realize the days that I go to the gym, I'm more energized. I have more energy. And the days I don't go to the gym, I feel very lethargic. (laughs) I feel so tired at work. And I always try to realize, like, why am I so tired? And it's because I didn't go to the gym. The gym is my motivator. It it really does push me, you know? It, It really does. Another thing I do to decrease my burnt out feeling or my phase, my burnt out phase, I guess you want to call it that, is... Taking breaks outside of work. So if you guys know, my first OT job was in home health. And one of the cons that I think is that you have to bring your work home with you, right? You have this laptop, you're doing your documentation at home, and you can spend at least two, three hours or more finishing your documentation before you actually can shut your OT brain and live your life. And it's really hard in home health, especially if you're a new grad. I mean, I I still didn't get the gist of it. I was still taking some time finishing evals and doing my documentation and things of that nature because one point of service is great and all, but I really wanted to have that connection with my patients. So I'll try to get half of the treatment documentation or the treatment note done, but I'll still have to finish when I get home. So it was really rough for me. Luckily, in the skilled nursing facility that I'm in now, I get all my documentation in that same day and I leave and don't have to bring my work with me. So it gives me a better opportunity to kind of enjoy life and to shut my OT brain when I leave the building. And I think that has helped me a lot. Um, But a thing in terms of decreasing my burnt out is just having something to look forward to outside of work. 
So I try my best to have things planned for weekends because I don't work on weekends. Either a quick little weekend getaway, maybe even just working out, um, going to a workout class. One thing I have been getting really into the past month or so is kettlebelling. So just playing with kettlebells, working out with kettlebells, flipping them, doing tricks with them, kettlebell workouts, whatever, you name it. Anything with a kettlebell, that's my thing. And recently I've been attending a few kettlebell classes in the city and that has been really fun. You know, I've been able to be in a community that gets me outside of my comfort zone where I'm learning so much about the use of a kettlebell. Like who would have thought you can do so much with a kettlebell? You know, it's it's so much fun. And I feel like that has been a increase of interest for me is exercising with the kettlebell. I brought my own kettlebell. So now I, you know, do my own tricks and stuff with it as my workout. Um, you know, it's, it's a lot of fun. So I think that has helped me a lot to have something to really look forward to um, outside of work. And I feel that if I stay home, don't do anything, I'm just laying down, I'm going to sleep, not doing anything else with my free time, I think I'll be more burnt out. <laughs> Even podcasting helps a lot too, which I feel that I needed to get back into doing because on weekends I would do podcasting. I would podcast. I would invite guests over on my podcast and we will chat and just have fun, you know, um, no judgment zone. We're just chatting. And even though it is, it is about OT and being burnt out in OT, it's not the same thing. You know, I feel like you're having conversations with people and you're enjoying the conversation because you're talking to somebody about the profession or you're not at work talking about OT, you know, I don't know. Podcasting about OT is different than working in OT and being burnt out. It's just a different feeling. If you think I'm not telling the truth or something, just let me know and like email me or whatever because I honestly think that. But another thing that I do to decrease my burnt out is to give myself grace that I'm still a new grad. I put a lot of pressure on myself in terms of what I feel I should be able to do. Being a new grad, you're going to not know everything. You're just not. And even seasoned therapists don't know everything. They're still going to make mistakes. <laughs> I remember there were a few goals and like a patient's um, like evaluation or progress note that looked kind of funky. And I remember the other OT was telling me like, we all mess up, you know, like, I know, like, that goal wasn't the best, but, you know, we all mess up. It's fine. Like, nobody's perfect. Now we know in the future not to make that goal look like that. And I was like, yeah, you're right. So I think it's helpful to know that and to give yourself grace because even, like, my generation, we're, like, this perfectionist type of generation where we should never make a mistake, that everybody's looking at us and how can we, you know, outdo one another, <laughs> We're really that type of generation. We really want to outdo one another. But at the end of the day, 
I said before, your biggest competition is yourself, but never try to push yourself to a limit where your expectations are just way too high and not realistic. You know, I'm not even a year into my profession and I feel burnt out. Like to honestly say, like I, I really felt burnt out where I was just like, this is too much. How am I supposed to stay in this profession for like 10 years if I feel burnt out in less than a year? And if anybody else feels this way, you know, please message me, you know, through Instagram or email me, whatever. Like, I would like to hear how you guys feel about this too. And maybe we can have like another discussion in another episode if you want to talk about it. And what do you do to decrease your burnt out? Because I'm still going through this phase where, you know, I, I'm on this roller coaster of feeling I'm, I'm okay, I'm good. And then I'm like, I'm burnt out, I'm over it. <laughs> um, there was this other OT that I follow on Instagram. She was like feeling the same way. And she's a new grad too. And she was just saying, you know, I'm looking into applying to non-clinical jobs because it's just too much. Um, we face a lot of different situations that people don't even think about. Um, not just as like a therapist, but treating patients. Sometimes patients are, you know, they, they do a lot. <laughs> um, they really hit a nerve. They may try to really do harm to your mental health, to you physically, you know, but as therapists, we have to take that professional route. And sometimes that's tiring. It's draining. Sometimes you don't want to take the professional route. I mean, like, to be honest, if somebody's cursing at you or wants to like hit you and you have to take the professional route because you worked hard for your license, Sometimes you don't want to do that. Sometimes you're just like, maybe I just need to try something new. But um, I feel like this isn't my time to try something new. I think I just have to continue to really uphold those those values. I really have to uphold those values in terms of what I want to achieve. And take those things seriously that... You know, fitness is definitely something huge in my life. And I feel that without fitness, I wouldn't be as sane um, in terms of like physical health, mental health type of thing. Um, and then having other things to look forward to outside of work really helps me too. And another thing to decrease the burnt out is even the environment that I'm in. I, I know I talked about the nurses are kind of a, a nuisance at times, but I enjoy majority of my rehab team. I think everybody's funny. I think everybody likes working with one another. I think everybody has a good rapport with one another. So I enjoy that environment a lot versus my home health job where I was mostly by myself. I actually have a good connection with my therapy team to a point where we can like laugh and have fun at work. You know, I think that's great. And without that type of environment, I would be even more burnt out. I feel like if I was a part of a rehab team that was not nice to each other and was mixy and dramatic and 
nobody, you know, was able to get along, I wouldn't want to stay there. So I'm, I'm very grateful for the friends that I have made, the relationships I have built at my job so far. And it really does make my experience there better because of their presence. So um, I'm going to end it here. I don't want it to be too long, but yeah, guys, um, <laughs> it's, it's real. Like burnt out is real. It doesn't really matter how long or short you've been in, prof- in the profession. Being an OT is not easy. You know, you have to work with patients who are complicated. You're going to work with people who are complicated and we always have to take the professional route. And sometimes that's annoying. And sometimes you don't want to do that. And sometimes you're like, I just need to take a break, a mental break. And that's all good. Like, that's what you need to do in order to decrease that burden out is take a break when you need it. Take that PTO. Even if you don't have PTO, if you need that mental health day, take it. It's worth it. It's really worth it the the day off because if you go into work and you're stressed out and whatever happens at that job that same day you just extra stressed out it could have been avoided if you just took that day and I did that recently too which I I'm very grateful for because you are the only one that is able to know engage when you're you're reaching that tip point and I knew I was reaching that tip point and I was like, yeah, I, I gotta just take a mental health day. And I, I text my rehab director and told him like, Hey, I'm not coming in today. I'm taking a mental health day. And that's it. <laughs> like you have to do what's best for you. You know, I know our jobs are very demanding. Our patients need us, but we got to come through for ourselves first. So If you are listening to this and you're burnt out, please take care of yourself. Mental health is very, very important, especially now with COVID and everything. Do what you got to do to make sure that you can stay in in this profession or just whatever profession you're in as long as you can. Put yourself first. And if you want to even talk about, you know, burnt out, the feeling of burnt out and what do you do to decrease your burnt out? definitely hit me out. Let me know. I would love to have like another conversation about this with someone else too. But this are, these are my thoughts. These are the things that I'm thinking about in terms of feeling burnt out. How can I avoid or decrease my burnt out? So I can stay in this profession. <laughs> so I can stay in this profession as long as I can. Because I do love the profession. I love what we can do as OTs. There's so many options that we can do, but we got to put our mental health first. We got to put our mental health first. All right. That's all I got. (laughs) If you guys have any questions, comments, or concerns with anything I mentioned in this episode, definitely hit me up. You know my Instagram. You know my email. Thanks again for the support. And, um, yeah. If you want to be a part of this podcast, be a guest on this podcast, email me, message me, whatever you want to do. I'm going to see it and we can talk about it. (laughs) 
Alright, with that being said, I'm out. I'll talk to you guys later. Peace out. Thank you.